Hello, welcome to the smallest poker game in town. I'm Valerio and I'm joined by Ray. Hi Valerio. Hi Ray. So what we are talking about today? Well, I think we want to talk about a situation that occurs very often, particularly in our home game when we're only playing with like four or five players. And that is what happens when everyone folds and you're in the small blind and it's just you versus the big blind. So we are talking about the battles of the blinds. Yeah, that's it. And we're talking about, just to define it, we're talking about a cash game. We're talking about 100 big blinds deep in terms of the stack sizes. And our, our blind structure is one chip in the small blind and two chips in the big blind. So we are talking about, let's say it's me, I'm in the small blind and I have to decide what I have to do now. Yeah. And so the, you, I don't want to fall too much because I know that probably the big blind hasn't got a strong hand. And he knows also that I don't have a strong hands. Then it's going to be like this at battle because I want to show strength. And he wants to say, what, you want to steal my blind now? And then he wants to show also strength. So it's a battle. And usually it depends who is in front of you and how you how you go to play. Because if it's a good player, aggressive, can be a little tight or loose, aggressive player, you are going to play in a way. But if it's a, a weak, tight player that's always folding, you go to play in a different way. And if it's a college station, it's going to be something different. So we yeah, just... I, th I think you're right. I think, uh, and also, when you play in a home game, the person who sits on your left when you do your draw for seats, is going to be the same person the whole evening. It's a bit different when you're in a casino and somebody new joins the table or gets up and is replaced by somebody. But in general, you're stuck with that person on your left if you're in the small blind and they're in the big blind. And you have to figure them out. Now, in a home game where you play with the same people every week like we do, you, you know what type of player they are. So I like to sort of adjust my strategy to that person. And I think you're right to say they can be a good player, uh, a very competent player who will know exactly what I'm up to most of the time. They can be a weak type player who tends to fold any you know, sign of aggression. And then there are people who have come to play lots of hands and they are not going to fold very easily to any aggression. Yeah, I think when you play with people that you know, almost automatically you choose your strategy without thinking too much. You know that uh, if you got a very weak, uh, tight play, they're always folding. And we got in our game, we always race and waiting for him to, to fold. We got also calling station, and we know how to do with calling station. It just you react in a certain way. And also, good player. That how then we we know exactly how to play. And also, the person that is in front of you on your left, you need to know very well because you're going to play a lot of hands. I think that's the, right, and I think I've been guilty in the past in our game of basically adopting the same strategy regardless of who the opponent 
is. So I've tended sometimes to fold my small blind very readily because I haven't got much of a hand. And then I've I swung around and, and more recently I've been limping a lot for one more chip regardless of who my opponent is. And I think we need to be a bit more nuanced and a bit more subtle about it and ask ourselves, who is this opponent? And, well, let's start with if if I'm in the small blind and you're on my left in the big blind, and you're one of the competent, strong players at the table. So how are you going to play me? How am I going to play you? Uh, and I think I have to be more deceptive against you. And I, 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 I can't be too straightforward because I need to, you know, just deceive you a bit more. And I think I'm probably going to limp mm. most of my range here. I, I think uh, I remember when we started to you play uh, racing me, I was happy about this because uh, uh, if I got hands, you, don't, you just I, I got position, I was calling all the time. And then you realize, okay, it's no good. You start limping. I think that was a very good strategy because sometimes I was also racing you and you were uh, three betting me and then I didn't like it. And then I realized, okay, that's a better way than you can control more. It's more like controlling the pot at the beginning with the limp, but you can also, you got a good hand, you can raise, and then you got more options. And I think I've been, I've been doing that more now. So uh, when I, I, I limp and you raise me, I, I kind of fight back by, with my best hands. But I think what I'm not doing i mean, a spoiler alert here, you're going to know what I do now, but I haven't been three betting you with weak hands. And I think I need to mix a bit more deception in because mm. that really puts you in a spot. If you uh, cons think I'm consistently three betting you with very good hands and you're folding a lot of hands. Yeah. So it's a way of control. It is a way of controlling you, isn't it? It's about... I mean, it's, it could be a battle, but you could almost see it as a dance. You know, who is leading? Who is leading the other player? And uh, I like to be in control. And if I feel if I'm out of position, to have that control over you is really good. And it's uncomfortable. I like the idea. It's like a dance. You're dancing with the other guy in front of you. No? Yeah. You, you, you. It's more like uh, you give a lead sometimes. It's like also singing, like jamming, singing. You give a lead and they won, and then uh, you take the lead. Uh, yeah. Don't be too much. Too just don't, don't do too much because you can lose your chips as well because I, I can have a monster, and then yeah. I'm not going to let you know I got a monster. I just let you do the betting. But you... you you're good enough to slow down. I think this. the difference is, is that we both understand that if a lot of chips start going in, that we, you, we can get away from our hands, you know, and there's an element where you break off the dance, don't you, where you've, you've, you realise, no, I think Valerio really does have a hand this time. Oh, I'm, I'm played odds sometimes. Yeah. There is no end, but if I get the ends, I'm good. It's going to be a yeah. good hand. Then you just you don't know where I, where it is, but there is something good. There. Then you know that you can slow down. Yeah. 
So that's against uh, like a strong, competent player. So you find yourself in the small blind and the guy next to act is weak, what I'm going to call weak tight. They are very prone to fold, to raises. So uh, this one was a good, play, uh, just to, 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 I would like to make a little notes. This one mm. was a good player. It probably also with a bad player like a maniac, you can follow the same kind of strategy because with aggressive player, you can do this. Yeah. And it's, uh, okay, then we got the weak tight, you were saying. Yeah, so against the weak tight player, their, their tendency is going to be that they look at their hand and if you've raised and they don't have that much, they're going to fold and they're probably going to overfold their hand. So there, I, I think, Well, what would you do in that situation if you find yourself in yeah, the small blind? I think blind? you 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 raise at this point. Also, because you you're going to be always with the same player, uh, you you're not going to change strategy. Nobody's going to see you what you're doing. Then maybe next next time the the same session we we play always with the you have to count also the other player observing, no? And next time you limping, but it's another player in front of you. Ah. Then if the weak player is observant, he say, why is Ray racing at me, but he's limping to Valerio? What's happening? You have to understand because you fall too much. And that's why I'm going to race. I'm going to race because you fall, fall, fall. Why have to risk to put, uh, to limp? And maybe you don't have anything, but you it's a monster and go to risk. I know go to risk with a weak play, play because it's going to let you know that a weak play you has got a monster. But why I I let you having a, a monster when I can just steal your your blinds for free? And I think with a you just raise with a weak type player. So how much of your range would you what hands would you raise with against the weak but type it, player? It, it, it depends how weak it is because someone that is always folding, always, always, you can do with every heavy hand. Any two why cards. Not? Yeah. Just if it's only just with aces and kings, why not? Always with every hand. Uh, it, it depends uh, the range of the weak type player. If it's very tight really really tight you can do with any any hands and so you 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 can also decide according i don't think that is exact measure you can have some kind of guidelines but uh, so well you're going to raise with any ace yeah most any suited uh, king uh, any suited queen probably good kings good queens unsuited any pair any suited connector, any suited one gapper. Yeah. It's a pretty wide range, isn't it? And probably this is very weak. You have got to call, really, you have got to raise with 100%. Yeah. It's got to well, be why wouldn't you? Well. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, you really put pressure on them if they they have to... Adapt. They have to change strategy. If yeah. they change strategy, okay, I'm not going to raise with all ends. You change as well. You have to observe as well and, and be careful not to, to do too much. Yeah. But this is a weak tight play. If it's calling you, it means it's got something strong, then you have to be careful. If it's the tight weak play, you is folding to any continuation betting after that, then you do also the continuation betting. Why not? But that's it, true. Just that. yeah. Or you might be able to barrel them to yeah. get them off their hands. So, okay. So, 
but most of the players we have in our game, probably the newer players anyway, are probably fall into the range of being called calling stations. And by that I mean they want to see flops, so they're very happy to call bets. And they're quite passive as well. And the, yeah, they don't three bet, they don't uh, raise that much. They normally want to try and get in cheaply to, to so see flops. So you can flops. have probably a mixed strategy here. Okay. You, with certain hands you go to raise and other hands you just go to limp and call and see what's happened. And also here depends on the calling station, but usually if you call, the, you call them calling station, probably they are going to call always, they are going to be in any hands, no matter what they have. How much yeah. would you raise against the calling station? I mean, we, we haven't talked range, about I raise like, size yeah, yet. I was thinking about also the weak tight player, how much you go to raise. It depends also how much is going to fold, because if it's folding too much, you can have, like, we play one, two chips, you can have five, five chips as well, six chips. Yeah, I usually like to raise always six in general, and then according change from the six that is the average. You can put a, one chip more, one chip less. Uh, if it's uh, like the weak tight player start to be fall too much with seven, you put seven because if he's calling with five or four, but if he's falling also four, why not? I risk less, I'm going to put four, uh, four with that weak tight uh, player. Uh, no, I think with the calling station probably it's different because now the calling station you with the good hands you really want them to call. Then a nice race like normal six always is good. If they call with seven with your good hands, why not? I got aces. I want they call. I want to put eight, seven. If they call with ten chips, why not? I got a good hand. So with the good hands, I want to race. I want to race as much as I can with the calling station. And yeah. with the secondary ends, yeah, just limping and see what's up. Yeah, I think it's interesting. If you start raising a lot against the calling station, then they will, they won't call you with so many hands. They will, they will cut back on the marginal hands, and you, in general, will find yourself up against reasonably strong hands. So it's fine if you've got the good hands the aces and the kings and queens and so on. But if you're doing it with more marginal hands, like weak pairs or something like that, you're going to find yourself being called by the ace-king, ace-queen type, and everything else they start folding. So I think you have to find the sweet spot, don't you? And if you're not sure, then I think a lot of the time, if you can just, if you do just limp, they're very unlikely to raise you because they, they haven't got to put any more chips in to see a flop. And that's the goal of, the, of this type of player, I think, is to see a flop and see if it hits their hand. Now, we know that, you know, it doesn't hit their hand that often and it can hit your hand as well. And but they are calling station. They are going to call you after the flop, the turn, because yeah. they want to arrive to the. They want to see the river. No, then they are, that's why they are calling station. But they are no danger. So the calling station start putting chips. It means uh, he has got it. Doesn't doesn't need the river to make the hand. He has got it now after the flop. Then you know when you can fold with the calling station. When the calling station start putting money. 
Yeah, you don't you don't plan. bluff them. You don't yeah. if you if you've not made anything and you, they're going to call you down to the river, then you you can you can save your chips and and they're just not going to punish you that much. Or if they do start putting a lot of chips in, then they hit their hand. But the other thing I think is when you are the limping part of your range, so the weaker part of your range, if you get in to see the flop for one more chip, you and they, they don't raise because they're a calling station. They just want to get in and see a free flop, no raise. Then if you do hit your hand they and they hit a bit of their hand and you're, you're in the lead, then you get paid off. You know, you hit your set or you hit your your straight or uh, you flush or whatever. Uh, That's the thing with the calling station. The weakness is that they don't bet when the real be big enough when they got their hands. They just try to keep the pot size small. They are afraid maybe that you fold, but ride like this because we know that it's a calling station. If it's betting, it's something strong. They, they don't beat uh, big enough sometimes when they, they get a hand. And sometimes you go to draw as well, and then sometimes you can call, and you get a draw, you get, you get paid off. Then uh, it's, uh, it's easy. With weak type play, player, with only station, if you play like this easy, easy game, you really don't risk to lose your you're stuck. Yeah, I think the, the dangerous player is always going to be that strong player. And if you're going to start mixing in some three bet with value hands and some three bets with bluffs, you have to expect. Sometimes it will go wrong. It's less dangerous. It's not dangerous anymore now. You limp over with a strong player. Then after, you wait what he's doing. Yeah, and but then the, you can decide. The, the danger comes, though. You limp and they raise. And you have a good hand, say pocket nines, pocket tens, and you three bet them. And you've actually got a hand in the big blind. And then then it becomes, that's where yeah, you what could. You do, the thing that you can start barreling. They four bet and you. Then and then after, uh, you yeah. don't know where you are. Uh, yeah. You have to be very careful always with the, with the, with the song player. You cannot... You can lose all your stack if you are not careful. Well, if you think about it, if you know we're up, I'm up against you, and you're in the big blind. I'm in the small blind. I limp. You raise to eight. I three bet you to call maybe. to thirty-two. You you call. There's suddenly sixty-four chips in the pot, and we you know we've committed like. 15% and next of, move is to you. Then I mean, I'm out of position yeah. in a big pot. And I might... You don't have idea what uh, I have. Uh, exactly. And then maybe I, I got like a pocket pair, eight my set. You got maybe asking you it ace. Pair. yeah. And then what you do? Start barring. And I, I know letting you know I got a set. I let you borrow. Yeah. And all the stack is going there. Then it's very yeah. dangerous. You got a good player. All the money can go there. Yeah, and then uh, if there are two good players in the small blind and a big blind, it's, it can be like a very big battle, interesting battle. I think. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the uh, the, the trick to playing in this situation is to hope you draw seats and and you're not drawn together. Yeah. Uh, but um, but I guess with a strong player, you try to keep the pot small. 
don't try because when it start to be big, uh, uh, both of the play uh, the player knows it. So if it start to be big, probably the other players got good hands. And then you 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 just start okay, especially because in the small blind you're out of position. Really, you don't have control. Then you are the one that. If has got something, just a pair, it's just a pair. Probably just don't don't barrel is a pair. Or just... almost if you're gonna three bet with something not as strong as a premium, if you get four bet by the big blind, you can just throw it away. Yeah. And you have to put it down to it, you know, it just happened. Yeah. You know, you 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 three bet him and made it twenty-five or whatever, and then they made it fifty. Or whatever you might then just say i've got it was a, a bluff and you throw it away because we have been talking now uh, the other play weak tight play calling station we know how to do but we are talking about the battle with a good player it's not limited how you how you do uh, how you bet pre-flop there is a flop now and then you have to establish a strategy how because the battle start there is not then Okay, what you I, I, I say I would do a continuation bet if I got a big pair. If it's calling, then I should stop now. If I stop betting, the other guy is betting what you do with it, your top pair. Maybe you call another time. And then if it, if the really, you, you check the other bet, you can fold probably your hands. You has got a big hands. You wait for some bet opportunity. But you got a strong draw, maybe you think, okay, I'm going to barrel this, or you got a set, I'm going to barrel, you mix it up, the two. then I can make a profit barreling a set or barreling a nice draw. I think if you're limping against a strong player and they just check and, and, and there's no raise, the pot's quite small at that point, it's only four yeah. chips. So it's very unlikely that stacks are going to go in uh, unless there's some weird set over I'm set I'm talking or about the, if the uh, big blind is raising you. Oh, okay, the big blind raises you. Because and if it's just checking you, the yeah. limp is just okay. Yeah. It's not dangerous because yeah. there are no chips committed. You're not going to put extra chips. Yeah. If he's raised you and you've called with a medium hand, you yeah. see how the flop is. You check to the raiser yeah. and he has to decide whether continuation bet. And, he, and you know he's a competent player. So you know he will continuation bet with quite a lot of hands and therefore you have probably have to defend with quite a lot of hands. And so it's that dance that goes on. But... Um, I think that's the difference, isn't it? When you're playing against somebody competent, that they, you've got to be thinking about how they're viewing your hand. You can't just sort of look at your hand in isolation. Uh, and then the other thing is, I think probably is, we've talked about this as though players don't change during the game or between games, that they always do the same thing. Well, they don't, do they? Some people, I can think of one or two of the players in our game, if you kept raising them from the small blind and they're in the big blind, eventually they will snap and they will call you with everything. And therefore you have to think, OK, the game has changed here and I've got to be more flexible. Or they may start three betting you and what are you going to do then? You're out of position against somebody who suddenly started three betting you. Do you give them credit for a good hand and fold, or do you carry on with the hand? Yeah, yeah. Poker is a, an emotional game. 
then everything can change. You upset someone, he's going to react emotionally and then can react in different way that sometimes are unpredictable. So you have to be careful. As we said, I think we said in the last game, don't poke the bear. Yeah, you know, don't poke the bear. <laughs> you poke the bear, he starts doing something different, yeah. uh, and then you have to adjust accordingly. Okay, I think it's all. 